Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery. More than just bra straps, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Welcome everyone to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest, Kristen Burke, who is a goal achievement coach. And her and I were just chatting a little bit before we hit record about how challenging it can be to set goals in an environment like a global pandemic when it's a little bit more difficult to get motivated. So I'm excited to have Kristen here because I think goals is something that all of us can relate to in some way, shape, or form. So let me just tell you a little bit about Kristen and I'll let her talk about herself a little bit, but her mission really is to help others maximize their potential and achieve their definitions of success. She spent over a decade coaching and developing financial advisors. And as you could tell, her expertise is goal setting and achievement, clarity, confidence, courage, and consistency in goal setting, all not small feats to accomplish. But in particular, Kristen helps women who want to accelerate their goals and also leaders who want to build more diverse teams. She does everything from speak. She's been featured in articles. So we're very fortunate to have her time today. And it's so amazing, Kristen, to learn that you surpassed a quarter million dollars of revenue in your first year in business. So obviously the principles that you use work. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and for that warm, warm welcome. Awesome. Well, before I get into the meaty questions, I do have to ask a little bit about your journey. What was Kristen's journey to becoming a goal achievement coach? Where did it all begin? Well, it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a goal achievement coach. It really has been a journey that is a great word to describe where I'm at today. So as you mentioned, I spent over a decade in a corporate role where I was coaching and I was developing and I was training financial advisors. So my love for helping people maximize their potential and achieve their definitions for success really started in that role. And I loved having coaching conversations, helping people get clear on their goals, track towards their goals, set goals, achieve goals, all things goal related. 
And I got to a point in my career where I thought I was going to take that next step with my former company. And I, and I went through different development programs and I raised my hand and I, I even built a plan. I wanted this next role and I didn't get it. And look, I'm not the first person to not get the role that they think they want. But for me, that was a huge opportunity to sit back and ask myself, what is it that I really want? I've had this calling on my heart to run my own business and to be a coach on my own for years, for years. I just didn't have the courage or the confidence to do it. And that moment when I didn't get the role that I thought I wanted was a massive wake up call from the universe. And I thought, I gotta go after it. Now's the time for me to go after what it is that I want. And so I uh, left my corporate role that I had known and, and quite honestly that I had done a lot of work that I loved in December 2019 and launched my own business, Goal Achievement Coach, let's go. And uh, I had no idea what last year was gonna bring, but here we are. That's incredible. Cause you couldn't anticipate that. No. <laughs> it's no. like, let me go off be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and a pandemic happens shortly thereafter that. Did that in some ways motivate you or challenge you? What was difficult about being an entrepreneur when suddenly there's limitations on certain things because of a pandemic? I would say it did both. There was the element of challenge and the element of motivation. And so I remember very vividly, my husband and daughter and I were living in downtown Los Angeles at the time. And Los Angeles was one of the locations that uh, shut down and, and quarantined, I think a lot faster than other places in the country. And I remember starting to get the news that this is gonna happen and, and we're gonna quarantine. And I look at my husband and I asked him, am I a jerk for focusing on building my business right now when there's so much unpredictability in, in the marketplace. And one of the things that I appreciate so much about him is he brings a different mindset to business and he's, he's running a company right now and he's been with this company for a really long time. And he looked at me and he said, Kristen, you are a brand new business owner. You don't have a choice but to grow your business right now. And that coach does was all I needed where I said, okay, it is go time. And so my perspective became with so much unpredictability in the marketplace, people needed the messaging that I provided. So I ramped up blog posting and I started actively focusing on growing clients because people needed that motivation, that accountability to keep going after what it is that they want, that reminder to be clear and consistent and courageous. And I became a, an outlet, I think, for a lot of people to continue building their businesses and, and achieving their goals during such an unpredictable time. Yeah, I think clarity is one of the things that people needed because so much of business was challenged either do I continue doing the same thing I'm doing? Will I thrive as the environment around me is shifting? Or is this a time where I pivot and do something different? How do you help clients get clarity around the goals that they want to achieve? 
I love talking about clarity. It is one of the four characteristics of goal achievers. And one of the best ways to get clear on the goals you're going after today is to connect them to a long-term vision. Now, long-term vision, that that could probably be a podcast episode in and of itself. But (laughs) what I have found, and especially in my work Coach does with women, is that a lot of women don't have a clear and compelling long-term vision. We can talk about many reasons. Some of them could be confidence, could be fear, could be perfection. Hello, we have to write the perfect vision and we have to go after the perfect vision and all the things that go on in our mind. If you can get to a place where you start allowing yourself to dream and draft, and I very intentionally choose the word draft because I believe that your vision can and will evolve as you grow and evolve over time. But get to a place where you draft a long-term vision 10 years from now, that is gonna give you a ton of clarity around the goals you're working on today because now all of a sudden, what you're focused on today has a connection to a bigger picture and it becomes more meaningful and more motivating to go after that goal today so you know you're working towards that vision. That's amazing. One of the words you used, and in my experience working with women, that comes up often is fear. Oh, yeah. Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of failure. So how do you help someone whose block is fear, especially when you're thinking of something long-term? There's so many things that could, could... come up and prevent you from even starting in the first place? Oh gosh, fear is such a roadblock to goal achievement and and even to visioning like we're talking about. And so first of all, one of the most powerful ways I have heard fear be described is false expectations appearing real. And if you think about false expectations appearing real, think back to all of the things that have crossed your mind today that you've been afraid of, right? I'm afraid to jump on this podcast, afraid to host this interview, afraid to reach out to this potential client, afraid to ask for more money, whatever it is. And I want you to think, did that worst case scenario that you built up in your mind and spent all of this energy and effort ruminating on or worrying about actually come true? Chances are it didn't come true or it didn't come close to the extreme nature that we built up in our mind. So I love that perspective of, first of all, thinking of fear as a false expectation appearing real. And then the way that I help my clients work through fear is first of all, we gotta figure out what it is that you're afraid of. I'm a big believer that a lot of us know what it is we need to do to achieve our goals. A lot of us know those activities are those decisions we should be making. And I really work to figure out what is getting in the way, what is the block, and it's often fear and it's often a limiting belief. So the first step is let's start talking about that story that's going on in your mind. What are you telling yourself? And I love this coach does when a a client will start telling me what he or she is thinking and all of a sudden they go, this is ridiculous. As I say it out loud, it is it is totally ridiculous. I cannot even believe I'm thinking this and it's getting in my way. But if speaking about it isn't enough to, to help you move through fear, 
I want to offer your audience two power questions that I love to use in coaching. Number one, what proof do you have? So we often have these stories in our mind or these limiting beliefs or something we're afraid of, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of embarrassment, fear of whatever it is. And if you ask yourself, well, what proof do I have that that is actually going to come true? Chances are you don't have a lot of proof. I found that a lot of times if you explore that question, what proof do I have? You actually have proof that backs up the opposite of the story that you're telling yourself. So what proof do you have? And then the second question is, how does what I am thinking move me closer to my goals? And it's often not moving you closer to your goals. And then you get to make a choice. You get to be empowered to say, do I want to keep thinking this and feeling this fear and letting this fear get in the way from the life I want, the business I want, the career I want, or do I want to think differently? So talk about the fear and then ask yourself, what proof do I have? And is what I'm thinking moving me closer to my goals or further away from my goals? And put yourself back into that driver's seat of being able to work through that fear to go after what you want. I love it. Address it head on. Absolutely. Right? And I want to add one more powerful question to what you said. Because as you were talking, I started thinking about this. I met this incredible entrepreneur when I was on vacation on a cruise and he was a book author and a real estate mogul. So humble, you would never know it. It was his friends that were talking him up and I'm like, wow, what a cool guy. He ended up sending me his book. His name's Justin Morales and his book is called The Abundance Effect. Mm. It was an awesome book, read it cover to cover. One of the questions he talked about was, what's the worst that could happen? Yes. When you play it out with your fears and you actually get to answering it, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I want to add another question to that. So when you play out the scenario of what's the worst that can happen, I want to challenge your listeners to also answer what is the best that can happen. Because then if you're comparing the worst and the best, in my experience, I found not going after the best is far worse than any of the potential worst. So what's the worst that can happen? I love that question. I would add, what's the best that can happen? Are you writing this down, everyone? Are you writing these down? I want to come back to the four characteristics. So we talked about clarity. What are the other three characteristics of a goal achiever? Confidence, courage, and consistency. Confidence. Confidence is oh, such an important topic, especially in my work with women. And one of the mistakes I think a lot of us make is we wait to take action until we feel confident. And confidence is actually built by taking action. So that fear comes up and it gets in our way and it hinders our, our desire, our ability to take that action. And then we're sitting in a space where we don't build our confidence, but every little step 
that you start taking is how that confidence starts to grow. So confidence is incredibly important. Do you believe you can achieve that goal? I had uh, coached as I had three clients over the summer achieve big audacious goals. And as I was reflecting on their, their progress and their hard work, they were super clear on the goal. So we talked about clarity. They were super clear. They knew what they wanted, why they wanted. They were also incredibly confident. They said, I am going to hit this. That's the message that they are sending to themselves on a daily basis. Confidence is critical. Do you believe? Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe this goal is attainable? Do you believe you can hit this goal? Courage. We talked about fear. Listen, I think it's really important that we all recognize goal achievers are like anyone else. They feel the fear, but what they do is they don't let that fear stop them. They know they work through the fear. They answer those questions that we just offered and they take action regardless of feeling that fear. And by taking that action, then that starts to build that confidence and it creates this wonderful loop of feeling good about going after your goals. And then the final one is consistency. And I love talking about consistency. And we, we mentioned perfection as we were talking about vision a, a few minutes ago. And consistency is not about being perfect. So, so often we will set out on a goal and you know, let's, let's use a health goal, for example, and people will say, okay, this is it. This is the Monday where I'm gonna eat healthy and I'm gonna eat all these fruits and all these veggies. And all of a sudden they walk into work and, and there's donuts for someone's birthday and they grab a donut. And then what do you do? You start to think, oh, I failed, I messed up, like I'm terrible, I didn't stick to my plan. Okay, well, guess what? Go eat vegetables for dinner. It's one situation, but we get all caught up in that because we weren't perfect and we didn't do it all right and we think, oh, I failed. Well, consistency, what happens if you do it 80% of the time? We're human, we're gonna make mistakes, we're gonna fall off, we're not gonna follow through every time, but if we stay there, that's when it becomes problematic because successful people, they keep going. They learn from that mistake and they keep moving forward. So goal achievers, they're extremely clear. They know what they want, they know why they want it. They're confident in their pursuit of their goals. They take courageous action and they're consistent. They repeat the actions, the habits, the behaviors, and the beliefs that are gonna help them achieve their goals. Amazing, the four C's. The four C's. The four C's. So one of the last things you said was consistency. One of the ways that you can get consistent is to track your progress or to see where you start so you understand where you are to where you wanna be. What are ways or strategies that you've seen be successful for people to establish their goals, but then track their progress along the way? I imagine there's a lot of different ways that someone could do this. Absolutely. I am so glad you brought up tracking, Coach Des, because that was the other characteristic of those two clients I spoke about that achieved really big goals over the summer. They always knew the score. They tracked where they were at. Every time we went into a coaching session, they were able to tell me where they're at versus where they were, were going and what was left that was needed. They had so much clarity uh, because of tracking. So before we talk about specific strategies and ways to track, I wanna offer a perspective 
for your audience that might help them shift their thinking with tracking? Because uh, as I mentioned, I've been in the coaching space for, for quite a while and I would always wonder why would people stop tracking? They stop tracking. And, and what I started to realize is so often we bring shame and judgment to tracking. So we start tracking, things are going good, and then we get off track and we decide, well, I don't wanna look at those numbers. I already feel bad about where I'm at. I don't wanna start tracking it. So if you shift your perspective away from shame and judgment, and move towards perspective and understanding, move towards perspective and understanding, tracking is gonna be an incredible tool to help you achieve your goals. So ways to track, infinite ways to track, and here's my very simple answer. Pick a way that resonates with you. I am an old fashioned paper, pen, journal. I love to write things down. So every Friday, I engage in what's called the Friday ritual. So the Friday ritual is a practice that I created to help me grow my confidence and work through courage and stay consistent with my goals. And I write down every week my wins for the week. That helps me grow my confidence because you know, you know what happens by Friday? You forget the great things that happen on Monday and you're probably thinking about the one negative email you got on Thursday. So we gotta, we gotta get rid of that. So I track my wins. I track my lessons that I learned throughout the week. So that way I'm embracing, yeah, if I make a mistake or if I fail or if something doesn't go the way I thought it would, that's okay. I want to learn through it. And then I track my priorities for the next week, which helps me work towards my goals versus be incredibly reactive in my work. I also, every week I track my business revenue because I am in business and I need to be in business and stay in business. So I track my revenue. I track stats with my podcast. I also am starting to get back to tracking client acquisition activity. I say get back. I took a very intentional pause, which was a big lesson for this year from actively client building to grow some bigger programs. But now I'm in a space where I have a couple of spots open to work with individual clients. So I'm tracking that client acquisition process. But I would say pick a method that works for you, whether you use paper, you use Excel, you've got a whiteboard in your office, you've got an app on your phone, pick a way to track your leading indicators, that activity, and your lagging indicators, those results, and start doing it consistently. I just love that you pointed out to not be afraid of those dips, the times when things, you know, get a little off track because it is when people say, I don't want to see that, no. but it's also the time when you learn the most about the types of factors that come up in life. It's Absolutely. real life. Was it, was it a season? You know, if you're behind on a business goal, was it a season where you had a lot of responsibilities? outside of business? Um, is it fear? Are you not working on the right strategies? And that, oh, oh gosh, I could, I just get so excited talking about this because I talked about the Friday ritual. I think we need to track our goals every month. And it's really important that we do a reflection on what were the goals we set, where are we at, what's working. And then I love a quarterly review. And I carve out a couple hours at the end of every quarter, which we're almost there here in September, where I do a deep dive into, okay, what are the strategies 
I'm going to work on in the next quarter for my business. And I use this philosophy where I set it, I set the strategy, I test it, and then I evolve it if I need to. So I think we have such a distorted view of the goal achievement process that it should be perfect and everything should work. And that's just not, that's not reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I would encourage to anybody listening, if you're not a person <laughs> that likes to do this, or maybe you're just getting started is what you said, just start somewhere. And it's, it's amazing because I, I continue to read articles and research that pops up around goals and over and over again, one of the most consistent things I read is that those who write down their goals are more successful than those that don't. You know, you, you have to know where you are in order to get to where you want to be. It's pretty much that simple. Absolutely. Okay. So you started talking about some strategies and you personally, you talked about having a ritual on Fridays, at least having monthly goals, doing a quarterly check-in. I love that. Is there a point that you've ever seen where it's time to let go of a goal? Yes. Yes. And I did it myself this year. So if you are considering giving up on a goal or moving away from a goal, shifting a goal, I would encourage you to go back to that long-term vision, read your long-term vision. And if the goal doesn't directly connect with that vision, awesome. Let's move forward and pick something that does. If, however, coach does, that goal still connects with that long-term vision, instead of giving up on it, let's rethink how we're approaching that goal. Let's come up with some different strategies, maybe track it a little bit different, maybe hire a coach to help you achieve that goal with accountability and working through limiting beliefs. Maybe you adjust the time frame. You know, our, our goals don't really know what month it is they don't they don't have a calendar like we run our lives on a calendar so if if this year at the end of this quarter feels totally out of reach for you well what happens if you focus on hitting that goal at the end of q1 next year so i would say use your vision as a check in a balance for if you should continue with the goal or give up on the goal and i mentioned i did that myself this year so Look, I've been setting goals and tracking goals and achieving goals for a really long time. And so when I when I do my yearly planning, I like to set goals in various buckets. So personal, professional, financial, family, fitness. And I'll, I'll come out of the session with you know, three or four goals in each category. If you're new to the goal setting and achieving process, that is not my recommendation. I think you would be better served picking one or two and having a much narrower focus. But you know, I'm look, I'm, I'm a little type A, I'm ambitious, I, I kinda go for it all. And I went into this year and I'm like, okay, every month I am gonna cook two new recipes a month. And I started and you know, well, that might not be a lot for, for you know people who cook a lot, but you know, we're, we're at the family that you, we usually order pizza once or twice a week, and, you know? So I wanna, I wanna find a recipe, I wanna go to the grocery store, I wanna cook it, I love it. And I ended up doing this for the first couple of months. It went really, really well. 
And then I got to a point where things in my business started picking up. I had launched a new mastermind. I've got a great book of clients. I'm focused on growing my podcast. And this goal of cooking two new recipes a month started to feel daunting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm failing. And so I checked myself and went back to my long-term vision and nowhere in my long-term vision, does it talk about me being some fabulous chef and cooking all these various recipes? So I decided to let it go. I don't necessarily need to track something that I would do for joy and pleasure and fulfillment outside of work. I let that goal go so I could get back to what is meaningful, which is coaching and serving my clients, leading and facilitating the mastermind, sharing knowledge on a podcast. And, and so that was an example in my own life where I thought cooking recipes was going to be really important this year, and it created a lot of unnecessary stress and I let it go. Yeah, I. It, it brings me to something that you also use this word, and I thought about it as you were telling your story about the cooking, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to that one. Uh, is um, reflection? Yes. How important is it for us to build in that process into goal achievement, the time to reflect on where we are with things? I feel like it's very easy to brush past that, like just move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Reflection is critically important. When I onboard a new private coaching client, our very first sessions are dedicated to reflecting and planning. I think, again, I, I mentioned earlier in our conversation that I believe we all have an idea of what it is that we need to do. We also, if we give ourselves the time and the space, we can answer a lot about what is going on in our world with very strategic reflection questions. And that's where I come back to the Friday ritual. What lessons did you learn? That is a great place to start reflecting. What are my priorities for next week? That's a great place to start with planning. And then at the end of the month, if you're reflecting on your goals, okay, what was my goal? Where am I at? What is working? What is serving me well that I need to keep doing? What do I need to evolve? Are there habits I need to build? Are there beliefs I need to reestablish or, or get rid of limiting beliefs? And then you can do it again at the end of the quarter. And so I love that work of helping people reflect on where they've been and plan for where they want to go. Yeah, it's such an important thing not to rush through so you can embrace that process a little bit more of learning. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the tracking, the setting, the reflection, accountability. Yes. It's difficult as just individual human beings <laughs> to write something down and say, you know, I got a Netflix series to finish. I'm hungry. I'm tired. How do we achieve accountability? Is it good to have a person, a team of people? I feel like sustainment is something that's done not as a solo act. 
just that could be a personal thing. So maybe we could flesh that out just in case anybody sort of struggles through this in their mind. I appreciate accountability so much. And I know it gets a bad reputation. And, and some people, they have a love-hate relationship with accountability. And my belief is we need it to achieve our goals. If, if we were gonna go out and do the things we need to do to achieve our goals without accountability, we'd already be doing them. But again, it goes back to the courage and that fear and then the perfection and all the head trash that that goes through our minds and and that's where accountability can really help us achieve our goals one of my favorite things coach does is when i i get on the phone with a client and they say kristen you're going to be so proud of me i did x and they usually they usually accomplish what they were supposed to do literally right before our coaching session so they've been thinking about it, I'm sure, for days, and it's been on their mind, but they're like, oh, no, I'm getting on the phone with my coach. I got to get this done. And that's one of the gifts that I bring to, to my people is that gift of accountability. Is like, if you tell me you want to do something, I'm going to ask you how it's going because I care about you and I care about you achieving your goals. And so for me, accountability shows up in a variety of different ways. So number one, I have my own coach. I think any coach should have a coach. It's just, we need our, our coaches as well. So you can certainly hire a coach. That's a great way to get some accountability. Another way that I have found uh, works extremely well for me is I don't like to go public with something and then not do it. So this is gonna take me back to my marathon running days, which I'm much more of a yogi today and a Peloton uh, cycle cyclist today. But when I was running marathons, I would talk to people about my upcoming training runs, not because I wanted to be braggadocious, but I knew if I told someone at the office that I was running 18 miles on a Saturday, and when that alarm went off to go run those 18 miles, I was gonna get out of bed and do it because I didn't wanna go into the office and have off chance someone ask me, how'd your run go? And be like, well, I was sleepy, I didn't do it. So for me, talking about what I'm going after is a really great way to hold me accountable. And then another thing that I've done, Coach does in my business, is I have a peer accountability call every week, almost every week. Sometimes when there's traveling, uh, oh, we'll, we'll miss it. But I have a dear friend of mine who launched her business a couple months prior to me launching mine. And we get on the phone weekly and we talk about how our business is doing. We talk about what's going well. We talk about obstacles. It's fascinating. Some calls, we are both like on fire and business is great. And this is the best thing we've ever done. And then the next week we might be in that valley where we're like, why did we do this? This is really hard. And, and we hold each other accountable to keep growing because we know we have big visions and we have the potential to do it. We just have to make sure we don't stop ourselves. And so having a variety of different ways uh, for accountability has been really, really helpful for me. And I recommend, uh, I recommend people get clear on what they need to be held accountable to. So I don't need help working out. Like I, I work out on my own. It's part of my routine. It's a habit that I have built. So that for me is not an area where I need accountability. Where I need accountability is continuing to focus on the sales side of my business because it's really easy to get caught up in all the admin things and all the other little things, but that's where my accountability partners can really help me continue to grow. So if any of your listeners are 
struggling to embrace accountability, think through where do you need some accountability? And it's usually around the strategy that scares you the most. Yeah, I love that. And I just I was sitting here and reflecting on the importance of it because I don't think until you take stock, you realize the magnitude of impact that the people around you have. I kind of like using the concept of a board of directors where there's all these people that play a different role in your life, but you're totally right. I personally have a performance coach. I have a coach through my mastermind. I've got peers in there that hold me accountable. So that's even scarier, honestly, because <laughs> there's like everyone running their businesses and every single week coming up with all their wins and, you know, doing all this stuff. And then I do have a, a peer accountability partner, similar to you, who we're in the same journey and we meet regularly. So you're totally right. It takes a village. <laughs> it does. And because we're going to need different things on different days. We're going to need different uh, pieces of motivation or accountability or, you know, that that's what having a team of people hold you accountable can be really, really helpful. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I definitely want you to be able to talk about some of the programs and exciting things that you're doing, because at this point, I do think people are going, okay, I want to get into this goal thing. But before I do that, I want to ask you a couple of questions for my audience to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Let's kind do like it. a little firing round. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my first question is, what are three words that best describe you? Ambitious, positive, driven. Fantastic. That's the that's a t-shirt. Right <laughs> Ambitious, <there. laughs> positive, driven. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Burke. Boom. Three words. That would be really inspiring. You can make some bracelets, make a swag yes. on the website. People can order it. I play a lot of golf, oh, so I, I wear a lot of hats. Hats are cute. Yeah. I would wear that because I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it's really hot here most of the time. I would wear a Kristen Burke hat. All right. I feel like right. it would be very stylish and motivational at the same time. There we go. Well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll add that to the list of ideas for future business ventures. Yeah. That could be the swag section of your website. I, I, yeah, you I know? do need some swag. It's, it's, we don't have any swag yet. Yeah, I feel like that's added to the list. Added to the list. Okay. What's something about yourself that you're working on improving? Oh, how much time do we have <laughs> to talk about this? Okay. The first one that comes to my mind is I am working on being nicer to myself. I am incredibly encouraging, supportive. I do challenge, but incredibly supportive and encouraging with my clients. And I'm working on doing that same thing for myself. So stop beating myself up over something I said or a mistake or something that didn't go well. You know, I, I can get caught up in this loop in my head and i read a book this year i read this book called the power of now which was so helpful have you read that eckhart tolle yes mm -hmm. 
And, and it helped me understand all of this ruminating in past thinking or all of this worrying in future thinking takes me out of the present moment and it drains my happiness. And so I am, that is, that is a journey, that is a work in progress. Again, as someone who's ambitious and someone who's driven, it's very easy to get myself into that beat up mode and I'm working on being a heck of a lot nicer to myself. That's awesome. We're our own worst critic, oh, aren't we? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? A self-limiting belief that I've had to overcome is that people would pay me to coach them. Because when I started coaching, I was I was employed. I, I was working for a company and and people kind of had to come to coaching. It was, you know, part of their part of their role, part of the expectation. And so when I when I started my business, I had to really work through like, oh, oh, okay, I'm I'm good at this. Like people weren't just showing up because they were expected to. I get people results. I I provide value. I can hold people accountable. I help them get clear on their goals. And so I really had to work through. Yes, this is this is a way that I can get paid and help other people. It's your gifting. I really it's do think I awesome. am working in my zone of genius. It's pretty fun. It's awesome. It is awesome. To get paid to do what you love. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> no, it, it <laughs> I just, you know, the one thing I keep thinking is oh, I should have done it sooner, but everything, it happened at the right time. I needed all of those experiences to get me to where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What is one thing that you want to see changed in the world? Wow. That's a really big question with everything that is happening in our world right now i'd love to see more compassion for other people i i think we are so quick to judge and assume and if we could come from a place of seeking to understand and asking questions and and really truly uncovering why people believe what they believe or think what they think or the perspectives they have the experiences i think we would just be far more compassionate in, in the world. That would be the day, wouldn't it? I know. There's so much judgment right now. I know. It's the worst. It's another t-shirt. Judgment-free zone. Yes. Judgment-free zone. <laughs> we all need to wear that t-shirt. <laughs> okay. What is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Pay attention to the off-handed comments. I had a former leader that I worked with for years in my in my previous role, and one day he told me, "Pay attention to the off-handed comments." I'm like, "Well, what what does that mean? What do you mean by that?" And as you start becoming more aware and listening, and again, it goes back to curiosity and seeking to understand. There is so much truth in those offhanded comments, Coach does. I mean, that's where you start to really uncover limiting beliefs and fears. And so uh, an example for your audience to connect with what I'm talking about is if I'm in a conversation with someone and they're talking, 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 and then all of a sudden they say something that's a little quieter, a little off topic, and they move forward really quickly, that's an offhanded comment. 
that's usually one of their beliefs coming out or what they're thinking internally. And that's where I love to spend time and space with my private clients. Like, let's, let's talk about that. Like, let's go right back to there. What, help me understand what you mean. Tell me more about that. And that's where you can really, really, really start to understand someone and then evoke change and inspire them to act in the direction that they want to act for their goals. Yeah. Those are the things that you need to juice mm-hmm. and squeeze, right? There's so much there. Absolutely. And it's a, it's amazing because oftentimes I get asked questions about coaching. You know, what are, what are important things when you're coaching someone to look for? And it's body language mm. and things that you're looking for visually that you might not catch if you're not paying attention. I mean, that's the beauty of having Zoom and this video being able to do work virtually is you can still pick up on nonverbal cues and things of where, you know, people don't make eye contact or try to avoid, you know, something. It's usually the things that are a little bit more difficult to talk about that we have to spend time talking about. Absolutely. It's amazing. Okay. Now the most important question, is what are you working on? <laughs> what is Kristen doing? What can you share with my audience about things that you're working on that they could take advantage of? Absolutely. Well, personally, I am working on my golf game and I never thought, I never thought Coach does I would be a golfer, but well, hey, that, uh, that came out of the pandemic and I love it, but professionally, Professionally, I am working on the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind. I have collaborated with two incredibly ambitious and accomplished women to bring a 12-week mastermind uh, program to to the, the world. And what we are really focused on is we are focused on teaching women business acumen. So they can launch a business, they can grow a business, or they can learn more about business to help them grow their career. So we have 12 weeks of content outlined. And the three of us together, Coach Des, the three of us together bring over 40 years of executive leadership and training and development and coaching experience to this mastermind. And we have poured our heart and our souls into these 12 modules to teach the participants the things we learned the hard way are the things we wish we knew when we launched our business. And in addition to these 12 modules, we have four different peer growth sessions where we put the participants in smaller groups. And it's, it's, it's an accountability session, but it's an accountability session chock full of support and encouragement and feedback. And I love facilitating these sessions and women are making these commitments to grow their business and they're getting feedback and they come back and they've taken action. And now all of a sudden they've worked through that fear, they've worked through that limiting belief. And so the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind is a passion of mine because I was told I was too ambitious at one point in my career. And and we are on a mission to make sure women have a space where they feel 
comfortable to be themselves, lean into their ambition, grow their business acumen and, and find support. So that uh, fall session is actually getting ready to start. And when our episode comes out, there will be a couple days left where your listeners can go and they can register and you can learn all about the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind at honoryourambition.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Honor Your Ambition. That is amazing. That is amazing. That is going to benefit so many women. I do want to take a step back because I've said this. I feel like I've done a disservice because I haven't really explained it. So I think this is a good opportunity to explain it. What is a mastermind? What is the purpose of it? Why do people do these? Oh gosh, yeah, isn't that isn't that the truth? Because we're at, at a place in our businesses and our careers where we kind of throw that word around like it's known and people are experienced with it. And so a mastermind and the way that we thought about this for Honor Your Ambition is an opportunity to gather like-minded individuals to learn and grow and support one another. And the way that we have designed our mastermind, it is a blend of facilitated content. Again, because we're we're sharing all the things that we've learned through many years and many tears and those peer growth sessions where you get the opportunity to meet other women that are also launching a business or also growing a business and you share what's going well, what's not going well, and you get the opportunity to learn from one another. And, you know, Coach Des, I think back in my career and even when I was in a, a corporate setting, I had the blessing of being a part of some powerful, powerful groups. And and even today, I'm a part of a powerful entrepreneurs organization and another women's network. And you know where I learned the most? I learned the most by talking to other people. How'd you do it? What worked? What didn't work? What were the obstacles? Because if we have those conversations, we can move that much faster in the direction of our goals. Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. I love that. And yeah, so, you know, those of you that are curious because you haven't explored this is such an amazing opportunity to have a concentrated period of time where you take your business to a place of acceleration beyond your dreams and it really is in community that you're going to be able to 10x the potential of what you're doing so i'm so grateful that you've got together with other amazing minds to bring this knowledge because it's needed now more than ever. Thanks. So it's awesome. So how can people follow you or find you to stay connected with the journey that you're on? I host a podcast as well. So you can find me over at elite achievement on all the major podcast platforms. I also hang out socially on Instagram at meet Kristen Burke. I almost forgot my Instagram handle. I was thinking of my Peloton name, but meet <laughs> Kristen Burke. And then my website is kristenburke.com and that's Kristen with two I's. So K-R-I-S-T-I-N-B-U-R-K-E.com. Amazing. But people can find you on Peloton. They can. Yeah, they can find me on Peloton at meet KB, which is where I got I got a little confused for a second. I was like, wait, what what handle is is where and what? And yeah, I that has been 
such a gift. Uh, you know, my, my husband gifted me a, a Peloton and I know it's- uh, And it such... takes forever to oh. get him, doesn't it? Yeah, so it was it was a holiday gift last year, and it and it showed up a couple months later. But wow, has it been has it been worth the wait? And you know, you talk about a community. I think Peloton has done a phenomenal job of building a community, and there's collaboration, and there's such a variety of classes. I promise you, they don't know I am doing this promotion right now. I just have become. <laughs> I get really excited about things and then I start to promote and I talk about them. And uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've convinced some friends to run marathons because of my excitement around it. And now I'm on a journey to convince people to play golf and ride the Peloton. So here we go. I just get fired up and, and bring people along with me. And did I hear that right when you were training? Did you say 18 miles would be like a normal run on a weekend? Yeah, yeah. So I've completed eight marathons. Uh, I, I'm... Eight. Marathoning is not currently in my my repertoire right now. It's not something I'm doing right now. But I've I've run eight uh, marathons, and yeah, I would get the highest I would get in my training runs was twenty miles, and those are those are those are pretty gnarly because you're you're running multiple hours, uh, you know, and it, you're not even in the race. So when you when you run the actual race, you have the excitement and the adrenaline. There's the crowds. I mean, I've run I've run New York. New York Marathon is insane. It is it is one of the coolest races on the planet. You run through all the different boroughs and the energy that the crowds bring help carry you. But yeah, when you're out you're out training, you just kind of I've done a lot of loops around the Rose Bowl <laughs> here in Pasadena and, and California, but. Yeah, that, that takes me back to my uh, late 20s, early 30s uh, were the marathon days. Yeah, talk about mindset and commitment and consistency. Mm -hmm. I don't think you just wake up and say, I think I'm going to run a marathon. And then just you kind of it takes a lot of practice to be able to get up to something as 20 miles as a training run as a training i know i know it's kind of crazy and it's it's wild to reflect back on that too you know we talked about consistency not every mile is delightful there there, there are some where they, they are just painful and like and your body hurts and then all of a sudden if you kind of run through it then you're like oh okay this is cool i can i can keep running like forever and ever and then you're like back in the valley that's what was so neat about the marathoning experience is you didn't know what to expect and it really was very, very mental, which is quite honestly a lot like business. Yeah, it's amazing. I am so inspired by that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, let me make sure. 18, she said 18, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. I, I've gotten to the gym lately and I'm like, has it been 30 minutes yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey don't get me wrong i have some of those moments too where i'm like oh it's only been five minutes on this cycle ride yeah but people do really interesting things they'll like take their towel cover the screen mm -hmm. maybe listen to music or podcast or whatever it is to just keep the time going because some of it is the psychological process of just looking at the clock absolutely and just psyching yourself out like Absolutely. You got to you got to set your environment up for success. And so again, it goes back to if you if you need help in this area, there's where the accountability partner can come in and you track it. And, you know, gosh, we didn't even talk about like follow through ideas and you associate rewards with it. I mean, there's all kinds of things we can do 
to set mm-hmm. ourselves up for goal achievement success. It's just a matter of how bad you really want the goal. Yeah. Rewards. That's a whole nother podcast, probably. <laughs> how to reward yourself. Oh, man. This has been so much fun. I'm so grateful for the time that you've taken. I just think this topic is so valuable and it's something that you have to come back to. Mm. Goals are not something that are static, Mm -hmm. right? They change, your strategies can change, the techniques can change. So it's, it's a very dynamic thing. And I would just urge anybody listening to be diligent in your process and to not give up on the process of setting goals, working to achieve them. And if you need encouragement, call up Kristen, (laughs) go to her website, continue to find yourself in community because this isn't something that's easy to do standing alone for sure. Follow Kristen. She's amazing. She's inspired me. I know I'm going to rewind and take back a couple of notes that I could, uh, you know, improve upon myself. So thank you so much for your time, Kristen. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about my passion and my purpose in life. I had a wonderful, wonderful time connecting with you, Coach Des. Oh, this is awesome. I will make sure to put the links in the show notes because I don't want people to miss the opportunity, especially for the mastermind. It's 12 weeks. There is a deadline folks. So just make sure to check that out. Uh, follow Kristen on social so you could keep up with it and not forget. Um, but join in while you can. The opportunity window is really small. So make sure to do that. All right. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thank you. Goal Achievement Coach, Kristen Burke. It was amazing to have Kristen on the show to help us think about something that we all are challenged by at some point, which is setting goals. And I would encourage you today to reflect on a couple of questions. The first one is, what is your long-term vision? The second is what is one goal that you can set right now, today, that will help you get closer to that long-term vision? The third question is how will you track it? And the fourth question is how or who do you need to hold yourself accountable to achieving that goal? Statistics show that it is those who write their goals down, monitor and track them, that prove they're exponentially more successful than those that don't. You can type in goal setting, goal achievement in Google, and all the research and evidence is there. It is something that may feel tedious or overwhelming at first, and certainly anxiety and fear can creep in around that. But as Kristen talked about, just do it. It's about 
progress and not perfection because it's the journey that we have to embrace. There will be ups, there will be downs, there will be high points to celebrate, and there will be low moments to learn from. And oftentimes, and I can attest to this personally, it is in the most difficult moments that you learn the most that end up taking you even farther than anywhere that you could have possibly imagined. So just take this step. And if you need support, reach out to me, reach out to Kristen, or reach out to somebody who you know can keep you on task, on track. We have one life, just one. We don't get a do-over. We don't get nine lives. This is not Super Mario Brothers, where if something happens, we just get to return and start over again. Make the mistakes. Fail forward. Do the work. Commit to yourself. Put yourself first. And you are guaranteed to get further than where you are today if you can make that commitment to yourself to set goals and be steadfast in the journey. So, as I always like to say, you are your only limit, so take action today. I appreciate so much you tuning in to the Born Unbreakable podcast, where every week I bring you an inspirational guest that shares their story, their experience, and their unbreakable spirit, because it is something that we all have within us. Have an amazing day. Do me a service of sharing this wonderful knowledge with others. All you've got to do is go onto your phone, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, share it with somebody who needs to hear this inspiration today and rate and review. It means so much to me. Click the star ratings, write a quick review. It takes less than 60 seconds and it really does go a long way. I'm so grateful. You can always go to boardandbreakable.com, submit a request form or encourage somebody who has an unbreakable story to do the same. I would love to hear your journey, have you on the show to inspire others. Tune in again next week for another inspirational episode.